This is the world of Salesforce and Dropbox, HubSpot and Evernote, a world unthinkable without cloud software services. Most businesses and consumers use SaaS every day to get work done. Driven by the internet and ever-expanding availability of bandwidth, SaaS has come to dominate our lives in a very short span of time. But developing a defining service, often ahead of its time, getting users to engage, secure funding, protect IP, and building a truly remarkable and successful SaaS is not an easy task. SaaS Stories brings conversations with the dreamers and visionaries who dare to think ahead. How they build their SaaS, genesis, struggles, trials, tribulations, and eventually success. Welcome to SaaS Stories. Thank you for your time and for joining us in this session. I have a favor to ask. While you continue to listen to the podcast, please leave a comment or rating at iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts from. I personally look at each comment and will give you a shout out to each of you in our following episodes. It means a lot to hear from you. Just a quick intro to Pitchlink. In 2013, Serious Decisions reported 60 to 70% of content churned out by B2B marketing departments today sits unused. IDC weighed in with their own concerning statistic. Sales team members don't use as much as 80% of the content that marketing generates. We all get the picture. But how to stop the bleed? In pitching, marketing team can build pitches to order for sales folks and have them along the creation journey so that every pitch ever created is made to order and used. Want to know more? Sign up for a free one-on-one session. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome to this exciting new episode of SaaS Stories. We speak today with Lazare Rosalind, co-founder of Spoke. We now have our ideal uh, customer profile and it's anybody doing research or on their conversations. Anybody who has to go back on their conversations or who would like to gain value from their online conversations and feel there's this potential, uh, those um, customer feedbacks, for example, which are left uh, unexploited. So it's UX researchers, user researchers, but then we also wanna uh, bridge the gap uh, between customer success and product managers. Lazarus started Spoke after spending way too much time taking notes as a law student and paralegal intern. Spoke imagined as the one-stop place to store, search, and share all your conversations, started two years ago as a school project with fellow students from the one-of-a-kind computer science school, 42, in Paris, where there are no teachers and students learn by doing. Two years later, the team is six people strong, all recruited from 42 in Paris and with a strong tech background. Spoke's goal is to build the searchable, editable, and shareable library of all your conversations. Now on to this exciting episode with Lazare Rosilan. Lazare, welcome to SaaS Stories. I'm delighted to speak with you, uh, especially because we did speak once and you have made significant progress since then. And let me tell you, it's the first where I have redone an interview before it went out. And I'm really glad that you could uh, you could do it. Thank you for having me on, uh, Subhanjan. Yes. I'm happy to talk about our progress. Well, our listeners will not have access to the first recording, but it is true we've made quite significant strides since our first recording and happy to dive in about our product and how we made it. 
Right. So let's go back right at the beginning. Uh, there has been a lot of work happening in the space around text to speech, speech to text, both both ways, and uh, figuring out how best to use it. Uh, a big investment has happened into sales call analysis uh, space. I mm-hmm. mean, there are Gong and there is Chorus and so on and so forth. These are like known names with uh, millions of dollars of investment. When you and your team started working on Spoke, what did you think? Uh, how did you get there? Uh, well, first of all, we were a little naive, um, which is a good thing, I suppose. If not, we probably would not have started. Um, and we were rather at the beginning only into uh, giving users the ability to quickly do video edits of video conversations based on text-to-speech, like the script, if you will, but for video conversations. And so we never really thought in the beginning of the huge products which already existed. Well, they were not so that huge at, at that time, but still, uh, like Chorus and Gong, which are really, in their segments, uh, market leaders and trailblazers. Right. So so what what was your thought? Was, was this the first product you basically got together and you decided, hey, let's build Spoke because that makes sense? How did it come about? Uh, no, we were actually... The same co-founders at the same team. We were already building a product together, which was uh, for a Premiere Pro, which essentially made uh, video editing uh, really fast uh, for um, repetitive video editing. So those um, video edits you would do once, twice, three times. We would uh, automatize your process. So we were building this product. It was really aimed at uh, professional videographers who would do the same uh, video edits for different clients. But let's say a company presentation, most of the time, the, the video is, has the same format, right? Mm-hmm. We we're trying to sell this and unfor- unfortunately not seeing much success. Um, it's quite interesting too that um, video uh, graphers have the best material. They have um, the latest laptops. And yet, when you'll talk to them about a new workflow, they're like, oh, no, I've worked with like this since 10 years. I don't want to change my workflow. Anyhow, we were struggling on this and COVID hit. So this was March 20, not 20. 2020. Yeah. And during the lockdown, we started doing video edits of our video conference, of our video conversations. Hmm. And that's when we saw the eyes of our uh, listeners glow up, actually, and say, hey, uh, like, there's so much stuff, so much material that goes into my video conferences and so much interesting parts of I cannot share. Um, and that's when we decided to build Spoke. Right. And, and, and what happened then? So you already had this product that you're building, not much traction. Were you able to salvage some of the codes there or... You said, okay, just keep it aside, start from scratch. Well, we did reuse some part of the code, but not much. Most of it has been uh, simply uh, thrown into the bin. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, yep, that's life. And we started from scratch with a product. If I look back at it, uh, it was a year and three months ago. Uh, We started from scratch with a product that was really not much. It was just essentially a screen recorder 
that would put together uh, different moments of your conversations when you would hit a, a key. Mm -hmm. So if you would hit a key uh, several times during a call, at the end you'd have all those pieces put together, which would do a nice little summary of your call. Okay. Um, but I think that the main difference uh, with how we were proceeding is we wanted to validate uh, some traction before um, uh, before building a new product because we had been a little burnt out by building a product uh, mm. <laughs> with no traction. So right. we uh, put up a fake um, landing page, well, a landing page putting uh, putting forward the advantages of our product, stating as if it existed and promoted it on product hunts, social networks to see the traction it got. And it got natural. It got nice traction, and so decidedly put us put us in there. Right, right. So at the at the end of this landing page exercise, I would imagine that you had a sense of your ideal customer profile because that's where most products get stumped. I mean, you think, oh, these guys will also use it. That part of the industry will also use it. They will also use it, and so on and so forth. But we all know the value of a very definite customer profile. So where did you arrive end of this exercise? Oh, well, um, it was definitely not at that moment. <laughs> we had the ideal customer profile, especially since we were both uh, uh, building the product, making it evolve based on, we have to say, it, um, intuitions, mm -hmm. which make the customer profile evolve and the feedback too. Uh, the feedback we get from customers also uh, modify our product, etc. So hmm. um, I, I think we got at the end of this first exercise around the MVP about four or five months later, when we um, uh, did a product hunt with this time a product which was working better um, and was really uh, for the first time usable, I'd say. Mm. Um, however, product is still an ongoing thing, and we now have our ideal uh, customer profile, uh, and yet the product is still not there. There's this tiny last inch to do mm. uh, to get there and have that perfect uh, mar uh, product market fit in terms of adoption. So I want to dig in a little more because this is the most complex part of any product's journey, right, Lazar? I mean, understanding, mm -hmm. I mean, you can call it a customer product fit, you can call it a product market fit, you can call whatever, but essentially figuring out that, yes, this set, set of people actually need our product and they're willing to pay for it, uh, which is what will mm -hmm. make the business, right? Uh, so, so where have you arrived today? When you are looking at, I mean, you say that you have the ideal customer profile, but the product is getting there. But what is it that you see is your ideal customer today? It's anybody doing research or on their conversations. Anybody who has to go back on their conversations or who would like to gain value from their online conversations and feel there's this potential, uh, those um, customer feedbacks, for example, which are left uh, unexploited. So it's UX researchers, user researchers, but then we also want to uh, bridge the gap uh, between customer success and um, and product managers so that our customer uh, success folks can 
bring up product feedback to the product managers really easily uh, with our products. So this is the, um, the ideal customer profile in that uh, end is anybody doing research on their conversation. But once you've said that, actually, uh, you realize um, most people would enjoy and benefit uh, from having all their conversations searchable and uh, afterwards shareable. So we're first focusing on uh, user researchers, UX researchers, and then we want to bring it to anybody who delivers value through video conversations. And the one customer profile, which is a huge market and uh, evident here, are consultants. Consultants who uh, get on a call with a client first to define the scope of the mission, uh, then have uh, during the, their consulting mission interact perhaps with clients or the clients or uh, interview people um, and at the end of the mission perhaps also deliver um, well deliver the deliverable to their clients via video conference call and having all that material searchable notable uh, shareable and also editable so you can stitch together pieces is really powerful but consultants do not feel the immediate need for it Whereas uh, user researchers, when you talk to them about a product, they're like, oh yeah, of course, I, I mean, I, uh, that makes total sense, right? Two quick questions. One is, you feel the consultants will be a good fit, yet according to you, the consultants still don't see the value. Why is that? Um, why is that? Because, hmm, I think the, well, you can all, it's perhaps an, it's perhaps an excuse, I'm, I'm inventing, I'm perhaps wrong. <laughs> I think the, uh, the product is just missing a, a tiny things here to get the value. And on the other hand, we already have consultants uh, using it as a, daily, um, as a daily tool. Okay, okay. So, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So, the other question is that, what is it that these, you're, you know, essentially you're saying that people, anybody who's doing research is a good target because it helps them collate and assimilate the core portions of the research and share it with others, right? What were they doing otherwise today? How were they doing it today? Well, it, it depends how far ago you go back mm -hmm. because the, um, the, the sector has actually already been uh, uh, rev uh, really changed um, by companies. I'm not really thinking of Dovetail here mm -hmm. um, who is giving that ability to tag, label conversations um, as if they were Word documents, and they a little invented that uh, segments. So, what what was the name of the company? Sorry, I interrupt. Uh, it's Dovetail App. Dovetail App. Dovetail. Um, okay. And this, yeah, and they uh, they started two years ago, or two three years ago. But if you go back on how they were working before Dovetail and how some of our customers are, because they probably do not know that company, uh, are working is first they transcribe an entire document. Uh, so they go to, if they don't know about automatic transcription, they'll ask somebody to transcribe it. Then once they have this, they use it as a Word document. On that Word document, they select parts of text. Then they add a code to that part of text, such as critic, feedback, etc. And once they've done that, they extract all those codes into an Excel file where they'll put the, um, the code, such as critic, and then the codes they have on all their Word documents. So that workflow is um, 
I mean, it's quite antiquated, and that's still how how some people work, right? Hmm. Um, and as regards the change for um, uh, versus current solutions, is what we're doing is doing an all-in-one step, as in. Uh, you don't even have to uh, take your recordings from Zoom or somehow and then upload it. With our system, you can tag conversations live. They're already transcribed automatically. And you even if you have the mental bandwidth to uh, label things or take notes during your conversations, you even already have those uh, labels and conversations ready as soon as you finish your conversation. Okay, that that's great. So I, I want to get to your go-to-market strategy and how that is working. But before that, I have a question. Technologically, when you are providing a tool which works on top, so I, for example, we are recording this this conversation on, uh, on Skype, right? Mm-hmm. So can I, for example, use Spoke to record this conversation and, and actually... Oh, <laughs> how does it work? Uh, actually, actually, I'm... Uh... I'm not legally compliant right now <laughs> because I am recording it as well okay. um, already with Spoke. So Spoke has two aspects. On the one hand, um, a Zoom integration, um, which automatically, uh, and that Zoom integration works with a third participant to your conversations. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you join a Zoom call, uh, if you have the record all my conversations option enabled, um, spoke recorder will join the conversation. Okay. Which is essentially uh, it records on the cloud and then uh, puts those recordings into your spoke account and then syncs them, transcribes them, and puts syncs them with your highlights, your notes, your labels uh, on the one hand. And on the other hand, uh, to have the advantage and of being ubiquitous, um, we have a screen recorder and sound recorder which I'm using right now. So, so basically, you are able to use it because you are joining me in the browser. Uh, had you joined in the in the Skype app, would you be able to still do it? Oh, no, I'm actually, I joined in the Skype app. Um, and yes, I'm able to do it because I'm just, it's a screen recorder. I can screen record whatever I want, except actually one thing, uh, which are um, DRM protected um, files. Those are uh, digital rights management. Um, yeah. It's a lock most computers have. Mm-hmm. And in that case, our screen recorder does not work. So, for example, if you want to transcribe a movie you're watching on Netflix with Spoke, that's not going to work. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, so so let's uh, double down in the, the go-to-market. So you have had challenges of focusing on, I mean, you have had early success, unlike your previous product in terms of seeing mm-hmm. uh, interest and seeing usage with this one. Uh, what is your go-to-market strategy today? Wh- where are you investing? What kind of channels are you seeing traction in? What price point do you see people are comfortable? What What have you figured? Um, well, first of all, we to go uh, take a little step back on uh, the previous year and a go-to-market on the previous year, uh, we had the chance of partnering we have a platform called AppSumo, uh, which is a marketplace uh, selling uh, what is so-called lifetime deals mm-hmm. to software. Uh, the advantage of that um, is you're 
selling a software which is not completely finished to people um, with uh, the promise of uh, giving to them giving it to them for life uh, but also uh, you have the advantage of uh, putting out an unfinished product or what can appear as an unfinished product have people pay for it and give feedback uh, based on um, what they have paid for uh, which is a lot better than feedback from people who just use it for free for two minutes and then stop using it. Or, yeah. I mean, the emotional in implication is not the same. Right. So we did that uh, from uh, last uh, February and March, actually. And that has generated us around um, 2,000 cells uh, with a medium uh, basket of I remember, if I recall correctly, one hundred and eighty dollars, mm -hmm. which is already some a nice cash in the pocket. And uh, since then, we've run another campaign with them to generate a little more cash. And right now, uh, we're um, the way we're uh, marketing the products is mainly through uh, Facebook ads mm -hmm. and also uh, going into communities of researchers. When I'm talking about communities, I'm talking about Slack uh, communities, Facebook groups, that kind of stuff. Uh, that gets us some nice interest and traction. Um, but if and if we go jump into the present right now, today, uh, we're going at the CES of Las Vegas in January, and we have the chance of having free tickets to hand out to users and or to potential leads. And uh, what we put in place since yesterday was a um, Facebook campaign in the state of Utah, Nevada, and another one. Uh, so all the uh, states uh, near Las Vegas. Uh, where with a catchy phrase like, uh, do you forget information uh, on, your co on your online conversations? Uh, do you wish you could go back uh, simply and share moments? Hmm. Uh, if so, come and join us at the CES. Mm -hmm. uh, and that has worked amazingly well. We've got, uh, I think this morning it was 427 signups wow. on just a 48-hour campaign on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that. Right now we're uh, pursuing growth through the halo effect of um, the CES in Las Vegas. It's time for a short break. Stay with us. After the break. But what's also nice with AppSumo uh, is it gave us users from all around the world. And as the software is improving, we're just starting to see a little drip effect with some new users from Australia, um, users from Brazil too, we have, uh, which are coming in as regular customers and not as um, paid ones. You are listening to a Business Podcast Network original. Podcasting is the fastest growing content marketing opportunity, which is untapped. We can help you craft your audio strategy and help leverage the wide reach and easy streaming capability that the smartphone penetration provides. It is easy, it is powerful and personal. Talk to us to find out how podcasting can help you build your brand and reach out to your targets like never before. Write to us at bpn at bizcast.in that is bpn at b-i-z-c-a-s-t dot i-n Business Podcast Network Podcasts end to end
वेलकम बैक आई एम शुभांजन सरकार योर होस्ट फॉर सैस स्टोरीज एंड फाउंडर ऑफ पिचलिंग द बायर सेलर एंगेजमेंट प्लेटफॉर्म लेट्स डाइव राइट बैक इन टू दिस एपिसोड फ्रॉम वेर वी लेफ्ट इट सो वुड इट बी करेक्ट टू से दैट एट दिस पॉइंट यू डोंट हैव एनी मंथली सब्सक्रिप्शन मंथली पेड सब्सक्रिप्शन दिस आर ऑल इधर पीपल हु हैव कम इन नो नो वी डू हैव मंथली पेड सब्सक्रिप्शंस अमाउंटिंग विद व्हिच कॉस्ट 20 यूरोस and how many would that be we have of those we have 410 oh that's a lot yeah that's a, yeah it pays for uh, it it almost pays for our monthly expenses oh that's that's great and where did these people come from uh well those uh slack communities facebook groups we have signed one company uh, which is uh amazing uh one company of 50 people mm-hmm. uh actually Uh, it's actually a consulting company hmm. um and what is awesome with that is they where most um companies when we speak to them want more features especially team collaboration features uh, that company trusted us uh based on the i suppose our vision or our good sales pitch um to equip all their um all their employees uh which are uh, 50 uh, with our software and and they're all paying individually 20 euros per month uh no they got a price no sure 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 i mean i mean that these are individual accounts i understand there will be a discount and there will be a deal and so mm-hmm. on and so forth that that's fine but but they're individual licenses that you have sold they have bought like 50 licenses of spoke at whatever price that you thought was right correct yes wonderful wonderful and and this 410 companies are from primarily from france or they're all over uh US and France US and France basically but what's also nice with AppSumo uh is it gave us users from all around the world hmm. and as the software is improving we're just starting to see a little drip effect with some new users from Australia um users from Brazil too we have uh which are coming in as regular customers and not as um paid ones right right Let's talk a little bit about your AppSumo experience. How how did it happen? So did they approach you or you approached them? How did it happen actually? Um they approached us after a product hunt. Hmm. Uh our first product hunt so in 2019 uh in September uh, 20 or second one I think actually in September 29 uh which we did in September 2019. They approached us in October. Mhm. And uh proposed a partnership and what they did do uh, however is you have to pass a quality test uh in order to be on appsumo and that quality test to be honest i remember at the time was depressing us because they were quite harsh i mean they hmm. they want to put forward a product which is working right hmm. um and so that quality test phase took us from november to february So that's uh that's 3 months and then in february they told us okay you're good to go you'll launch in end of march if i recall correctly no hmm. I, actually it's april now okay. that i have my timeline right okay and and what happened then i mean you had this 2000 signups oh. is it well no it, over um over campaigns those 2000 signups the first one which lasted for 2 months i think brought us 1000 300 something like that uh new users mm-hmm. 
um, which is, which was really nice. What was amazing was actually just the quantity of feedback we got. Um, that that was really an amazing. Uh, and you have one going on right now, correct? Uh, yes, for I think five more days. Actually, this is a decision and something I do not put too much forward. Hmm. Because so, for example, uh, when we had it in April, we had a big banner on a website: "Come buy us on AppSumo, etc." We don't have that anymore hmm. um, because we want people to buy. Um, we want people to buy uh, regular subscriptions. Right. Uh, but yes, we do have one right now until I think for one week more, and okay. it's actually quite a great deal. Uh, well, compared to our regular uh, subscription, I mean. Right. And and how many did you get? Uh, uh, how many did you get this this outing on AppSumo? Uh, so if I recall, I said two thousand global. I think actually it's a little more. I think it's two thousand two hundred, which were one thousand three hundred in the first campaign, around uh, two hundred in. Uh, three-day flash campaign in August. Hmm. And then I think this campaign brought us, yes, 700. uh, Okay. 700. Okay, so before we get into your future plans, I want to talk a bit about the space and your competitors. Uh, You mentioned Descript. Uh, There are simpler products like Happy Scribe and uh, Pictory and so on and so forth. There are a lot of products in this space. Uh, how, How do you think you can differentiate effectively uh, from w- with these products? Um, well, the three products you mentioned actually are not really in competition with us. So the script is quite simply put the best tool uh, to do uh, text-based uh, editing. Mm-hmm. Um, Pictory is a simpler tool to do um, text-based editing as well. But it's just really based on a video or editing, right? Um, and HappyScribe is only about transcription. Uh, the, really, the niche we're into is um, building like a searchable uh, library of your conversations, of your user interviews, that kind of stuff. Really made for capturing your uh, video conversations. And in that niche, I'd say we have um, three, four competitors. Mm-hmm. All of them American. Mm-hmm. And what is nice for now is that the market is is essentially a blue ocean insofar as um, most people we reach out to do not know we're competitors, except the ones which are really uh, at the uh, the beginning, if you want, of the, of, which are really quite well informed. Uh, and if they do know our competitors for now, we just... We don't. Uh, we leave them alone. Hmm. Um, I'd say our competitors. We have three of them. I can list them. Uh, well, competitors. Yeah. As I said, I don't really think we're in direct competition right now. But mm-hmm. at least companies building the same product um, or a similar product. Uh, we have uh, Fathom video dot video, which actually got a seed find a seed run by uh, by Zoom. Um, Perfect Recall, another American company, and uh, the last one is called uh, Grain, Grain.co. Right. And and tell me, uh, how do you, I mean, I'm just trying to understand the technological edge that you can maintain, because I would believe that the underlying transcription technology is the same for most of these, uh, most of these products. Nobody's, nobody's uh, building an NLP 
software they're using either watson or whatever i mean one of those open source yeah. stuff that is out there either uh, what uh, uh, aw i mean amazon has or or ibm and so on right so how do you how do you think the the edge in the product can be maintained what's your thought um what i think about that uh i th- it's it's really uh ux based products um okay. of course we all have uh we all all those companies uh require um heavy uh, developer investments i mean we're doing live video capture your your services need to be scalable um but as you said those are all bricks uh which you need to put together and at the end of the day uh if we were in direct competition with our competitors what wins the battle is uh the ux of your product and the simplicity to use it um because at the end because your our products are mm, in most cases uh not all uh, but in most cases especially if you we target larger especially for example uh, consulting groups uh are vitamin as in it's not something that you require it's not something that you realize you require. It's just a nice to have. And once you have it, you're going to, it's, uh, as the time passes, be going to become essential, but it's not essential right now. So it has to be a nice onboarding, uh, a nice uh, product use, a simple product use, etc. Right. So what is your vision for the product, say, going forward next one or two years? Where, where do you think you are headed as a product? And then, of course, as a company, um, I as a product. Um, so, I my, my the tagline I often say, uh, and um, my uh, my sales guy it does not like it because he's like it, it, nobody knows what that is. Uh, but I think it still describes well um, what we're building. It's uh, the searchable and shareable library of all your conversations. Hmm. So, on the one hand, uh, make it as simple as ever to uh, to find content, share it, share specific snippets or uh, several snippets put together and really a few clicks um, and have it. That's the direction we're taking. It's already uh, quite uh, put forward. And on the other hand, it's I think what the end game is and what uh, makes a difference with competitors too. And uh, unfortunately, some of them are more advanced than us in that field our integrations. Uh, so for example, uh, all our competitors and I are building on top of Zoom, which is awesome. Uh, but one thing I, I, in my opinion, which would be a game killer for consultants is a Microsoft Teams integration. Um, that would just, uh, that's something I'd love to have and which makes more sense. So adding more integrations, being compatible with all video conference softwares is, uh, is what uh, what works. Another integration I'd love to have is because I love the product is whereby I don't know if you know it. It's a video conference tool in the browser. It's the simplest video conference tool ever, and yeah, so an integration with them as well would just uh, be awesome. Yeah, whereby is a good tool, and I know that they're very open. Lots of SDKs available. Theoretically, it should be uh, good to use, uh, but. The, the question again, I think the Microsoft with Microsoft Teams, the point you make, I, I totally get. You need to be where your users are, right? So so yeah. for a product like Whereby, 
it is difficult to pinpoint who is using whereby that i mean it's a great product uh but mm-hmm. but but and, and and as you know i mean there has been a literally a 100 video conferencing products that have come out in the last year literally yes okay so i mean while uh, whereby is no doubt a fantastic product uh whether they sort of align with or or your or your target users are there or not uh, is i think questionable but but uh, i'm sure you know what you're doing mm-hmm. so <laughs> i'm not going to advise you on that so so great i think i think integration is is i think a critical component for most products today i i, I think whether it's a product like ours or a product like yours i think the ability to sort of get into the workflow that exists is more critical than anything else so to my mind whether it is like, like i mean i think the point you made was you need to integrate with every single video uh conversation platform literally to to be ubiquitous so people don't have to think oh i'm i'm taking yep. zoom i'm moving from zoom to webex or i'm moving from webex to go to meeting mm-hmm. can i use spoke uh so i i guess that's 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 great uh what are your plans for ces uh, um our plans for the ces well first of all it's uh those that lead attraction has worked uh, terrific uh just in a few days sign hundreds of users uh that would just be for four days uh, implication would just be awesome and hopefully by then we'll have um a collaboration feature out and so start signing more companies um especially like we once we have that collaboration feature out we could start targeting um s- small companies with like between 5 and 30 people mm-hmm. um and there's a ton of them at the CS so um get a ton of leads <laughs> uh hopefully sign some uh, directly at the event and for now we're bootstrapped and so perhaps also uh, talk with investors um and have inv- uh yes uh generate investor interest in our company at a good price point of course quick question you did run a, a campaign in facebook is facebook the only campaign that you have paid campaign that you have run till date or have you done other advertising in the past uh we've tried linkedin too um but at the time with a product that did not live up to uh, what we were selling and so it had absolutely it generated no sell at all mm-hmm. uh but going back on linkedin is probably something we're going to do um and facebook is a hard nut to crack but I mean we have the feeling here for example of the last campaign we've ran we've uh, kind of cracked it um so that can be uh, awesome too so uh, what has been your cost per lead acquisition cost per lead in the facebook campaign oh on the last one uh, i'm not the one in charge of it uh, but i think it's uh, i think it's 50 cents something like that okay so so your 400 leads came from 200 dollars is that's what you're saying Yeah yeah. Okay, that's that's great. That sounds very good. That sounds very good. No, just to go back on that uh Facebook um uh campaign. If it depends if you take in total cost or not before because I remember in uh, I think it was in August when we or July when we first started Facebook campaigns, we spent like 4 500 euros for one lead or two leads. <laughs> so so if you take in that sunken cost into the acquisition of la- of our last leads, uh then it's not as brilliant as it now is. 
Um, yeah. So that that leads to the question before we wind up: is what did you do differently now, which you which you didn't do then? So what is it? What is the learning? What works on Facebook? I think are really working. So people scroll on Facebook aimlessly, uh, working that uh, that first uh, sentence uh, really well on your uh, on your comp on your tagline. So we've reworked it really quite a few times, and also um, offering something to people. In that case, uh, we're offering them to come. Uh, we're offering uh, them a ticket to the CS to come see us, which is uh, perfect. Right. And I think that combination of the two, nice tagline plus um, come visit us at the CS. We're going to give you a ticket. Is okay. Okay. So the incentive you think you have figured, which will make them come and sign up. That's mm-hmm. that's what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and did you find it easy to target the kind? Because Facebook is not where you typically go and uh, sell a business tool, right? Uh, how, Absolutely. How, how how has been your experience there? I mean. Why do you think it is working? Why do you think it is? Uh, you, you, how, um, how, how well are you able to do it? So, so on our last campaigns, uh, we tried actually targeting our user personas, and those were not working. Um, uh, well, the last one on user researchers uh, did work a little better, but at one moment, for example, we targeted coaches, which is um, which is all our product is also nice for coaching online, mm-hmm. um, and that did not work at all. And this last campaign, actually, uh, you can, on Facebook, you can, uh, I'm not the one in charge of it, but I get the explanations. You can either um, try and target a user persona uh, based on, um, I don't know, age, gender, whatever you want, a profession, or uh, let the AI do its stuff. And on the last campaign, we just uh, take the option, uh, let the AI pick up uh, what works best Mm -hmm. and work great. Oh, interesting, interesting. So the AI is doing a better job than what you would have done yourself. Yes, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Good one. Good one. SaaS Stories is brought to you by Pitchlink, the buyer-seller engagement platform. Pitchlink enables high-quality interactions between buyers and sellers through presentation and discussion modules. Sellers create personalized sales presentations and reach out to prospects through a non-intrusive buyer-qualified engagement. Pitchlink requires no installation or download and holds the entire repository of sales collaterals and buyer-seller conversation. Talk to us to know more about how you can engage with customers without intrusion. Call us on 990-216-3132. That is 990-216-3132. Lassiter, where do you see Spoke end of 2022? Uh, end of 2022, hopefully around 40, 50K revenue per month, something like that. Uh, that's the goal, half a million uh, uh, ARR, a little more perhaps, we'll see. Okay, Lazar, this is great. And I, I am glad that we could catch up and, and get this updated view of where Spoke is headed. And we will mm-hmm. do one more conversation, maybe six, eight, ten months down the line and see how it's going. Awesome. Awesome. Look forward. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Subhanjan. We have a fantastic lineup over the next couple of episodes with great conversations with SaaS founders. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you do not miss a single episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being with us today and listening to this episode of SaaS Stories. 
This is where I speak with the dreamers and visionaries who dared to think ahead and built world-class SaaS products. We hope this conversation helped you with the insights that you can go and apply right now to your own SaaS journey. We hope to have you here with us again in the next episode of SaaS Stories. SaaS Stories is brought to you by Pitchlink, the buyer-seller engagement platform, and is a BizCast original production. 